Improve it, family. Oh my God. I still have chills. Today's episode blew my mind. You are going to hear from Rajkumari Niyogi. She is an awesome sauce alchemist. And what the heck does that mean? She notices stuff, then brings it to your attention, and together helps you shift permanently. So Rajkumari's passion is finding the intersections of interpersonal neurobiology, technology, culture, and empathic language for business. Rajkumari's expertise is in epigenetic coaching. You're going to hear what that means. She talks all about it, intelligent bias, and the neurobiology of team culture. If you're like me and you're thinking, Erin, you know, I'm I'm in talent, dev, or an HR human being, and what are some of these words that you're spitting off of me? Don't worry. I Googled a lot before this show. But Rajkumari, I just know is going to be a lifelong friend. We had such a great time discussing business ideas. We discussed so much when it comes to the play circuit and how we can create this culture of belonging and why belonging is what we are wired for as human beings. It was so fascinating to me, the parallels between the work that she's doing and improv. And we talk a lot about those parallels and actually what happens when you can have this sense of trust with your teams, the actual science behind it, the actual things that we secrete out like oxytocin when we have this sense of trust or vulnerability. Epigenetics is a fascinating world. So you'll hear all about that. And we also get into the left versus right hemisphere of the brain. And we talk about within the right hemisphere, why your play circuit is literally hardwired to play and what that happens to our brain when we actually connect to the right hemisphere and specifically to this play circuit. Oh my gosh. So Rajkumari just is literally a fascinating human. She's worked with organizations worldwide, including Hello Signs, Slack, Salesforce, Google. It's just to name a few. Facebook, you'll hear that story as well. And in 2013, she founded iRestart, which provides expertise in the areas of leadership development and organizational epigenetics. She's the creator of this I Restart coaching framework, the Disruptive Diversity Bootcamp, and the author of The Wit Factor, Shifting the Workplace Paradigm by Becoming Your Optimal Self. So take out a notebook for this. You want a notebook or the notes on your phone. You just heard me putting down my phone, my notes. I have so many notes from this show. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome. Let's welcome Rajkumari Niyogi to the Improve It podcast. I can't wait for you to hear this. Let's go. Are you a leader or change maker inside of your business, organization, or corporation? Are you looking for new, innovative ways to drive morale through the roof? Are you looking for fun and exciting icebreakers, team building exercises, and activities that will foster team growth, friendships, loyalty, and completely transform your organization from the inside out? Have you been searching for a fun and unique way to create change instead of the same old dry, boring leadership books and icebreakers that aren't actually working. Hi, I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and professional zombie who is ready to help you improve it. My mission in life 
is to help you develop teams and leaders through play, improv, and experiential learning. In this podcast, we will deep dive into professional development, team building, effective communication, networking, presentation skills, leadership training, how to think more quickly on your feet, and everything in between. We have helped everyone from Fortune 500 companies to small mom and pop shops transform their business, their leadership, and their people through play. So grab your chicken hat. We are about to have some fun. Welcome to Improve It, the podcast. Okay. Improve It team. Improve it, fam. I am literally, I, Rajkumari, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You awesome sauce alchemist. I can't, first of all, that title makes me so happy. So love the awesome sauce alchemist. And I want you to introduce yourself to our audience with just a fun fact about you that we couldn't find. I told you before we hit record, I was a Google in you today. So what's some, a fun fact about Rajkumari that, we couldn't find on your LinkedIn, your website, your bio. What's something that you want to share with our audience that we don't know? A fun fact. Well, I just moved and I seem to magically find these places that have the most gorgeous view. So I will share with you all that as I'm doing this podcast, I'm staring directly at the Golden Gate Bridge right now. Stop. Oh, that's a fun fact. You know, that's a lot of people's Zoom background. So this that, is my, this is that, my that's, foreground. That's what I was just going to say. This is your foreground. So, you know, maybe turn the computer around. You're like, this is a real background, you guys. That's amazing. Okay. Well, congrats on the move. I know that's always stressful, but you did it and you're here now. So yep. I want to I want to jump right in because I've literally, so you were one of the most fascinating people to me. I started Googling today and (laughs) knew you were coming on the show and epigenetics is something that I was new to until today. So I want you in your own words, can you define epigenetics for the, the improve it team here? Absolutely. I mean, you can definitely Google it and see the official definition, but I'm going to give you a different definition that's a more family-friendly version, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the med- medical journal <laughs> d- definition, which is, you know, the, the stressors in our environment, the stressors in the behaviors that we engage with, people at work, people at home, that actually impacts our cellular structure. It impacts our 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 neurochemistry. So if we are in a workplace that's awesome and that we're playful, trusting, and vulnerable, our neurochemistry is absolutely mirroring that. Our nervous system feels safe, we're engaged, and we are performing at our absolute optimal best. When we are in an environment that is less than suitable for safety, (laughs) you might have a micromanaging boss. I know I certainly did. Um, and we might have some coworkers who are kind of unfun to be around in meetings. That also absolutely impacts our cellular um, biology as well as our neurochemistry. So that's the first piece of epigenetics. But the more fascinating piece for me <laughs> is that according to the research and specifically Rachel Yehuda's work from 2016, 
Um, she did some really amazing research where she was able to show that children from Holocaust survivors actually carry similar or near similar symptoms of PTSD from those who were actually in the concentration camps. And this is a heartbreaking piece of data, right? Yeah. And so epigenetics is that we carry, according to Rachel and many, many epigeneticists, the traits, tragedies, and traumas in our cellular biology for centuries. According to Rachel, it's 210. According to Dr. Joy DeGruy, it's 300. According to Resma Menachem, it's 490. And I'm like, look, it doesn't matter how many centuries, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> We're carrying this around. And so the, the question is, how is your fam family history, your historical archives impacting the way that you're showing up at work? And that's the things I talk about all day long uh, with senior leaders. Wow. Okay. I am so, so you, no one watching this right now knows that we are not looking at each other on video, but I kind of love this because and I know you do this work and I was looking on your website, you say, you know, don't come to me and come to your therapist in the same day. This is heavy stuff. Like you <laughs> don't do that. I'm, I'm like, let me lay down for a minute. This is a fascinating work. You, so, you really did your homework. I mean, I really did. <laughs> like it's really intense, Erin. Wow. Um, and don't, because the coaching work that I do is about rewiring at a very, very deep level. And therapy is a very, very different... People say, oh, you just do therapy. And I'm like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, people have started to call therapy like talking about feelings is therapy. No, talking about feelings is talking about feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can go to dinner with a friend for that, you know? Let's, exactly. let's, let's do the work. No, I... And I really did. This was on your FAQ page. I was like, what are some frequently asked questions? And that is that was fascinating to me. So this, okay, you are cool. I just can't even handle it. I'm so interested in this because years and centuries of our family history is, is actually seeping into the way that we show up. And I know personally for you, I, again, did my homework, but was watching your YouTube um, video that you talk about some of the work that you do specifically with the Disrupted Diversity Framework. And you mentioned that you've worked with some really cool companies from startups to Adobe to Facebook. And I'm going to put the link to this YouTube and our show notes for Improved Audience. But you mentioned you didn't feel like you belonged at Facebook. And yeah. so my question is, which sucks. Like, I hate that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, assuming, and you know what they say about assuming, but I'm assuming this might be what led you down this path or what was it that led you down this path to epigenetics and drew you to this line of work? Oh my gosh. Fan fabulous question. Um, so it's, it's both. It's, it's both actually. It be meaning it's, it was definitely, you know, what happened at Facebook. But before I share what happened at Facebook, um, you know, I, I had, um, really, really challenging childhood. In fact, my therapist actually finally got me to use the words cruel and horrific, uh, last year. So I, I defined my childhood as cruel and horrific. And, you know, that needed some therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That yes. needed actual therapy. 
And I definitely did spend some time kind of un, un, unpacking that over the course of, of many years. And in this process, I found uh, an organization called um, NLP Marin here in Northern California. And I went there to do to learn NLP, uh, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is rewiring the brain. But this organization is actually super duper awesome because they also bring in quantum physics. They also bring in psychology. And they also bring in this modality that I at the time knew nothing about called family constellation. And this is a mind-blowing experience. And I just fell in love with that modality and um, have really been, you know, deep diving into it ever since. So just kind of that was really helping me to heal and helping me to really reconnect with myself and, and, and release the difficulties that and the hardships that I had endured. So fast forward to Facebook. Um, here I am. And you know how they say, Aaron, um, like people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Oh, yeah, thousand percent. That was totally the opposite for me. I loved my boss. And I'm actually going to name his name because I think the world of him, we're still friends. His name is Stuart Crabb. He's was the head of learning and development over at Facebook. Incredible, incredible human. I left Facebook. <laughs> it was a really hard place to be. And I'm not going to get into the details of that um, as, a, as a, you know, a way of being respectful. But I felt really, really incredibly challenged and to be quite honest really confused because i loved working for for Stu. um i loved what i did and um i loved obviously the notoriety of being at facebook especially at that time and i actually ended up running from the building i i, I just couldn't take it anymore mm. and that just kind of spurred this whole journey i i left and i gave Stu a big hug and um i went off to southeast asia for two months to eat a ton of noodles Yes. Uh, to decompress <laughs> yes. and and to really go like WTF what did I just experience what the heck was that and that that pain started me down this route of oh exclusion huh wait there's research on this wait there's research that says that social exclusion actually registers as physical injury in the brain come on really Mm. and that was just the rabbit hole to take me into where i am today physical injury in the brain okay that is that is so fascinating and now you've spent how many years have you spent working in this in this work uh i've been doing constellation work uh since 2006 and then I left Facebook in 2013, and I built uh, this company uh, officially starting Jan 1 of 2014. Wow. Okay. So we're, we actually have been in business around the same time. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay. Well, happy seven years to you. You know, um, <laughs> you know it, feels, it feels like a lifetime. It's like it seven <laughs> times five. Um, but okay, so you work with teams now and you do also the one-on-one coaching with executive leaders. But talk about teams. What what would a team experience when they work with you? What does that look and feel like? What a, what a great question. It depends on what the team's looking for. Yeah. Um, if, if a team wants to... So, so let me give you an example. So I worked with a, a team of uh, 30 there were about 30, 24, 30. Um, and they wanted to find their purpose. They were a smaller uh, nonprofit, but they were on the exec team. And they were kind of running the show for, I think, uh, a larger 150 or 250 uh, people uh, company. 
and uh, organization, I should say. And um, they wanted to find really their purpose. And so we started uh, having our discussions. And right away, there was so much dysfunction and lack of communication and inability to even listen to each other, that it was very clear to me that that was actually what was stemming all of the issues. And so bringing that up and saying, look, we need to actually pause on all of the content that we had originally discussed sharing, uh, and really do a deep dive into slowing down and learning to bring this cultural cohesion together by listening, by actually inviting other voices, by noticing when others aren't speaking up. That that actual definition, that literal definition of psychological safety, to put it into play. And um, it, it, was a, it was a very transforming experience for them um, after the, we spent eight weeks together. And then they were able to actually now move on to another consultant and do that purpose-focused work. So that's one example. Another example is um, a team I was brought in to do work with an exec team for a startup in Los Angeles. And uh, there was no trust on that team. And that trust had been deteriorating for about two years. And I hadn't had a chance to meet the CEO yet. I had been working with the head of people. <laughs> and so I had an hour. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm about to tell you what, what, what's about to happen here. Uh, so I had an hour slotted before this full day of training in, for the leadership team. And within 10 seconds of saying, hey, nice to meet you, the CEO asked me, straight-faced, serious question, asked, what's the point of me being nice to my employees? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and, you know, of course, your mind starts going like, you have all these snarky comments oh, that yeah. flying out, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let them fly. Let them fly. Okay, what was your answer? And so my answer was, after I took a huge deep breath uh-huh. to reground myself, I said, mm-hmm. Every single time that you are mean to someone, that you interrupt them or dismiss them in some way, you're actually shutting down the parts of their brain that's making you money. Mm. Whoa. Okay. I just and sounded like, oh, and you go. Ahead, no, you go, you go, keep going. And that CEO had just gotten $97 million in funding. And so I remember this, like, you know how time slows when, like, trauma is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it was a very stressful question because I was really wondering if this person was serious when they asked the question. Sure. And they were. Um, and I came to learn that they were very serious throughout the day. <laughs> and what led to their distress from the team. But um, the CEO actually looked down at the floor, took a pause, and then looked back looked back up, looked back up and then asked very sincerely, so what do I do? And I was like, whoa, this is not gonna this is not gonna come together today. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. <laughs> how how many years of your life are you gonna give me? Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Because I know there's I more. This, I remember the CEO even asking me like after our hour like was almost up. The CEO even asked, so can we get trust in the next four hours? Like literally asked me this question. And I was yeah. like, look, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, can do, we can do, we can do some, we can do some impact, but uh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay, this there's a lot to unpack here. But also, what I love about your answer is not only did you d- provide like, here is the solution, but you also put it in the perspective of what you knew that this 
your painkiller, so to speak, was going to hit a nerve for this CEO, right? Like you're like, this is losing you money. And that's what people don't understand. And that's, okay, Rajkumari, we are supposed to meet because this is why (laughs) improv is also, and I want to get to this play circuit coaching. I have so many questions for you, but this is where improv intersects with this because truly you're talking about our language, which is yes. And we're speaking the same language because you're talking about noticing when people are not speaking up, putting that psychological, psychological safety in, in place. That is the beauty of, of improv work is we're using yes. And as a way to postpone judgment or just not judge and allowing every person to be heard and feel seen and feel valued because if they can do that, that is when people want to show up more. When they want to show up more, that's when people are more productive, which ultimately when everybody's more productive, everyone wins and the CEO who's greedy makes money and the people who actually care about the work that they're doing and the impact they make on the world thrive as well as individuals. So that is, I mean, I have so many questions for you. So Beautifully said. Beautifully Thank said. And, that, and and if we, you know, if we even t- if we even take this improv into the quantum world, right? This yeah. is what we call flow. When we're in the flow, things yes. just happen magically. Like Ugh. I was at a conference just a few well, it was last week now. Um, I was doing a remote keynote uh, for the Next Gen Summit, and right before I went on, they had these improv dancers, and the facilitator, the MC, literally asked them at the end, like none of this was rehearsed. And they're like, nope, none of it was rehearsed. And that's what happens when that play circuit gets activated in a beautiful way, in the in the appropriate manner. Um, that level of flow, the, the neurochemistry, which we'll get into, the neurochemistry just starts to secrete itself in such an organic way that, that it just builds on itself. And then you have the, the, the bonding chemicals that start happening and the connection and trust that starts building. And it just becomes this, like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It's yes. just awesome. <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 I stop right here. I have to ask you. Okay. I'm going off script, which is an improv what I do. So let me, I just have, this is what you're telling me right now is when we're in that state, like as an improviser, when we're using improv as a teaching tool or when anyone is using improv and there or anything that makes them get in this flow state, Shonda Rhimes calls it the hum, right? Or, you know, whatever it means to you, whatever that the, the word is, flow state there's neurotransmitters that are act there's scientific evidence that proves that we are actually in a different quantum space in time is that is that what you're saying or explain to me is this what i'm getting into is play circuit coaching explain to me yeah. more about what that means and and what flow and our and our chemistry what happens to that actual chemistry in our brain yeah so when we have a sense, let me let me take a step back here. Let me listen and kind of lay a, a framework down uh, or a foundation down. When we have a sense of trust, so you can you can read the beautiful article written by Paul Zak, the neuroscience of trust in the Harvard Business Review. When we have a sense of trust, when we have connection, when we have community, right? When we have a sense of vulnerability and transparency, we're automatically secreting oxytocin. 
When we have a sense of purpose at work and we feel autonomy, people are like they trust us to do our stuff. And so we can do our stuff in an independent way and we can figure, do it our way in a way that will, you know, lead to um, helping the larger picture. When we have a sense of efficiency or effectiveness, we secrete dopamine. When we're actually being playful, the neurochemical for play is endocannabinoids. We have a whole section in our nervous system, the somatic nervous system, that secretes endocannabinoids. Now, I'm not going to get down this whole industry of marijuana yeah. <laughs> and, and why this even exists. But when we talk about epigenetics, I mean, I'm going to try to connect all these different dots for a second here. When we talk about epigenetics, what we're really talking about are the family stories and me specifically in my coaching, the family stories that hurt, the family stories that were exclusive, that excluded others. That's what I'm looking for because when I find those stories from an epigenetic lens, that's where the cortisol is. That's where the pain is. That's where the hurt is. And when the hurt is there, when the pain is there, when the cortisol is there, there's not a lot of place for what? Play, joy, spontaneity connection, love. If I'm too busy surviving my grandfather or surviving my parent, like whatever it is, right? I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, let's go do a round of improv. I'm not going to. That's not top of mind. Top of mind is, oh my gosh, I need to be in survival mode because I got excluded in some way. I was shunned. I was told to leave. I was ridiculed because of the way I dress or the person I love, whatever it is, right? And so when we start to, the opposite of belonging is exclusion. And when we have levels of exclusion that are passed down over the generations that have not yet been addressed, we are walking around with bodies of cortisol. And shame is the biggest dump of cortisol. That's a direct quote from Sarah Payton, who's the author of Your Resonant Self. I think she's incredible and her work is phenomenal. So if we're walking around with all of this shame unbeknownst to ourselves, where's the joy? Where's the flow? Where's the trust? Where's the vulnerability? Where's the empathy? Yes. Why, uh, why, where's the civility? Where is it? Oh, yes. I mean, this goes hand in hand with hurt people hurt people, right? Because they can't find that joy. They can't. I This actually has taken me down a road really quickly of just thinking back to my early days as an improviser when I had some, some very um, just different things happen within one of my teams where I I felt excluded. I felt ridiculed. I felt as though I should not be there. I did not belong. And I will tell you what, to get to a state of play, which is what you do as an improviser, took more effort than I had ever exerted in my life. I couldn't find it. I didn't want to find it. I, I would not go to rehearsals. I would not show up to things because I didn't, I couldn't find that because it was most likely coming from a, an epigenetic place. I would assume. I don't know. 100%. And that's what I do. I connect leadership styles to the epigenetic historical archives. That's what I do for a living. Wow. 
And then I shift it. I neurochemically shift it for that person. How does that work? How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do that? What is that? What's, yeah. What is that experience like? Tell, tell our audience, tell me, I am, you are mind blowing right now. It is ridiculously easy. But I'm not going to tell you my secret sauce because I got to charge my client. Yeah, because so you're all, well. No, you're awesome sauce. But what what uh, <laughs> what could you expect? So so our brains are wired for two things. I talk about this all the time when I give my keynotes on on understanding humans at work. We're wired to belong and we're wired to form relationships. That's the crux of who we are as humans. And that becomes very problematic epigenetically if, you know, we had a father that died very early or a grandfather that was in the war or we had a grandmother who didn't show a lot of emotion and therefore didn't show a lot of emotion to her daughter, who's now our mother, right? Like it becomes a compounded issue over time. And so when we look at the 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 ways in which the brain is rewired. So the brain is wired to belong and to form relationships. How does the brain get rewired? And it's so easy. The brain is rewired by the relationships that we keep, of course, um, but by the language that we speak both to ourselves, silently even, and to others. Language is both nonverbal and verbal. So giving someone a side eye, that's language. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. Yes, it is. I mean, I've done it for sure on the subway. Seriously, do not stand so close to me. What exactly. Get your armpit out of my eyeball. Thank <laughs> totally you. Right. Thank you. So much. That's communication. That's communication. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I believe it 100, 1,000 percent. So you're and, saying that you rewire the neurochemicals by helping them linguistically use yes. their internal yes. and external. So, oh, so keep let's going. Talk, let's talk about the science of that. So Yak Pongsep wrote a book called Affective Neuroscience. And this is actually where my co-conspirator and co-creator Sarah Payton, who I quoted earlier, and I have um, brought this work um, in, in our content together. Yak's work, Affective Neuroscience, looked at how our brain is wired for emotion and motivation. That's his body of work. And he called it the circuits of uh, motivation and emotion. And the left hemisphere is all about our motivation. And that's where the dopamine hits. And that motivation circuit is our get stuff done circuit. That is our problem solving and our build stuff circuit. But the right hemisphere is where all of the emotion is. Now, the issue with this is if we kind of rewind 40 years ago, we remember hearing vaguely people were saying things like, leave your emotions at the door. Anyone remember this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sure do. I sure, there were signs. There were like the, um, the like big quote boards at like the lunchroom, you know, or like the break room. Leave your well, emotions. If no, I'm leaving know. my emotions at the door, that's my entire right hemisphere. Yeah, okay. Leave your right hemisphere at the door should be no, bring your right hemisphere with you. That's the new motto. We're gonna call Exactly. And so when we start okay. to look at what's in the right hemisphere in terms of the circuitry, what we quickly find are the care circuit, which is all about empathy. We have the play circuit, which is all about creativity and brainstorming and design and innovation. 
We have the panic grief circuit. This is all about feedback and awareness. Ever had an employee who didn't want to take feedback or got super defensive? That's their panic grief. That's actually muted or frozen. Um, we have a fear circuit that ensures safety and does risk assessment really well. We have a rage circuit that is so beautiful in being an ally, advocating for others, protecting our team and providing air cover. We have a disgust circuit that knows how to delegate, hold boundaries and say, you know what, I'd love to, but my plate's too full right now. See if so-and-so can take on that project. And then we have the emergent circuit. Yuck called it the sexuality circuit, of course, because that's how our brain is wired as humans and as animals. Um, but Sarah and I have renamed it to the emergent circuit to make it a little more connective back to the workplace. And this is where our growth happens as a human in the workplace. This is our professional development and our personal development. Of course, we have so many perks and resources, ERG, IRG groups. That's where our personal self gets held in the workplace. Now, let's go to the neurochemicals and specifically the neurochemicals for play. In that play circuit, we are literally hardwired to what? Play. Yeah. (laughs) And we are literally wired to be delighted in that play. And when we have those needs of play and delight met, All of a sudden, what starts to happen are the emotions of spontaneity, which is exactly what you do. We have the emotions of happiness and the emotions of joy. This is all that, all what you do, Erin. It is. It is. And I'm so, I'm like kind of getting a little tear. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes listening to you right now. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Keep going. Keep going. Don't let me stop. Keep going here. Cause I, (laughs) let me ask you this too. Please. These are all the right hemisphere circuits, right? When you're saying these are the the care circuit, the play circuit, the panic grief, these are all a part of that right hemisphere of the brain. Yep. And what's really interesting is the right hemisphere connects us to our body. And when we are too busy, focused on problem solving, analyzing, measuring and comparing, A, we're losing access to our empathy for not taking a breath and moving over to our right. And B, the left hemisphere doesn't have a sense of relationship. The right hemisphere does, but the left hemisphere doesn't. So anytime there's new information, now I'm going to just very gently say this very softly, social media, anytime there's new information, (laughs) (laughs) how the left hemisphere has to process that information is through blame. (laughs) And guess what blame does? It feels so good because it secretes dopamine. Oh, you are blowing literally my left and right hemisphere out of the water right now. <laughs> your, whole, your whole human self. My whole human self is, is I'm gone. I'm dead. This is my ghost. Hi. Um, okay. This is crazy. So how we literally get out of blame is to, I mean, there's, it's so simple. Literally take a breath. That breath gives you an opportunity to come over to your right hemisphere, and hopefully you have your empathy circuit, that care circuit, beautifully online, and you can go, wow, that sounds really difficult there, Erin, right? That's the connection piece. Yes. Versus, Um, well, why'd you do it that way? That's it. And we're wired to connect, like you said. So that's, 
That's why we, oh my God, this play, this, can I ask you this question? This is more, this just came up as, as you were saying these things. So I have a two-year-old, right? Two and a half-year-old. And I watch him all day long play, 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 play. And so imaginative. I mean, some of the things I'm just like, where does this come from? Right. Very verbal, which is shocking to everyone. No one. Um, so <laughs> is there something different as we get older that happens to our right hemisphere and our play circuit specifically that we kind of lose that hardwire to be delighted in that play? We lose that emotion of spontaneity, the that sort of shield, like I used to call it. I used to say that we wore masks to work prior to 2020 because a lot of people have these masks up as shields or barriers to play because play means I'm vulnerable. Play means that I'm not Mr. or Mrs. or they or whoever's, you know, I'm coming in today as a robot to transactionally do work. We're losing that connectivity piece. is, Is there a change that happens as we grow older, this is your question is so important, Erin. Because here's the answer to your question: Our brain is wired for what again? Belonging. And the play circuit does what? Play. Yeah. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, we start to grow up, and we're looking around, and we go, "Wait, wait! People aren't being as..." playful wait so i need to belong but in order for me to belong i can't play oh yeah oh oh okay okay these are the rules these are the rules of belonging oh okay great okay so i won't feel rejected if i don't play awesome i will give up playing literally to not feel rejected this whole Uh. concept of culture fit that nobody wants to use anymore culture fit was always about avoiding rejection (laughs) I've been talking about this from the beginning. Like, I will fit into your culture so that you don't ridicule me so that I don't feel pain and go home and drink a bottle of tequila when I go home every night. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Oh, my God. No problem. But (laughs) yeah, 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 I mean, you can have have a couple of steps or maybe like a few, you know. Um, But I will say this. That is fascinating because you can look at any angle of your own life or anyone can look at any angle of your own life. And I've definitely let go parts of myself and I'm just speaking personally to fit in. We've all done it. Right. And then I'll tell you this for free. When I showed up at improv 101 and walked into class and allowed myself that play, that's when I said, this is it for me. This is, this is where I belong because Exactly. And you know, and within that, like I mentioned, there were other, there were parts, there were times when in my improv training where I did feel rejected and I didn't feel like I belonged and sure. that happens everywhere. Right. But I, it is, it's definitely the, the space that I felt as though I could let myself become characters. I could play, I could connect through those characters. That's why I love it as a teaching tool. That's why I love that you have the actual data and the science and the evidence behind it. Oh my, I want to talk to you for, I could make this a three hour show. I could make this a three hour show. Everyone grab some popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. Get some popcorn, grab it, whatever you fancy. Uh, Get comfortable. 
and lay on a couch. No, I I <laughs> am truly fascinated by your work. Let me ask you this. What's one of the coolest transformations that you've experienced? And I know you can't, you know, name names or teams, but what's one of the coolest transformations you've witnessed when working with a team who's doing this type of play circuit coaching that you do? Mm. That, that is really a, a difficult question. What I will say is that I hold these 12-week biology of belonging boot camps. Okay. And I hold them within tech companies. And I was really blown away in the last few months that people who we, we had just completed um, one of the boot camps for one of the companies. And I'm, a, you know, I'm, a const- I'm constantly on LinkedIn and I started seeing people post testimonials unsolicited. Like I didn't, mm. I, 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 unbeknownst to me even, it was just coming as, as a notification that was mentioned in a post, right, on LinkedIn. And the, and you can still see these 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 posts um, that the boot camp was changing their lives. Mm. That's cool. And you yeah. know what? You know that's the best unsolicited feedback that is positive and sharing is like. You've touched, you've touched lives. You're helping change and touch lives. You know, and I was, I was talking to one of my mentors and I was like, this is so hard for me to, I did not, I did not change their lives. They changed mm, their lives. Yeah. And she said, yes, but you offered them a key. Of course they picked up the key. They unlocked themselves. They done all the work. Yes. But you offered them the key. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And I think the, 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 the content for me is, literally a, a, a bunch of keys <laughs> yes. you know, for, for you, uh, for all of you to, to pick up whatever feels resonant. And not all keys are resonant at all times. Sometimes you got to unlock this door. Sometimes you got to unlock this window. Um, whatever, wherever you are in that moment, whatever resonates, whatever it is that you're being called to work on in your own journey of life, that's the key right there. Oh my God. I want to go to this boot camp right now. I am in this moment. I mean, this is cool. And I don't like to I don't like to give this podcast a bad rating. This is cool shit. Okay. This is just cool shit. This is literally fascinating work. It's transformative, as you can hear through the testimonials. I like I said, I can make this a three-hour show, but I want to. I want to have a little bit of fun, which was our. You, you and I like to set a little goal. I set a goal before we do the show with the guests, and you said you want to have fun. So I want to. Yes. I want to have a little bit of improv in here for you. Oh my and god, I, amazing! Oh, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. All right. And so there's a game I love called New Choice. It's a okay. tried and true improv game. So here's what I want to do. Okay, I want you to tell us about epigenetic play circuits. Okay. I want you to talk about team culture, the neurobiology of team culture and epigenetic play circuit coaching. And as you're talking about it at certain points, I'm going to say new choice. Okay. And when I say that, I'll say something like new word, new phrase, new location, new, whatever it is. And you're just right in that moment going to have to change the word and keep going from the word that you changed it to. Does that make sense? So if I was saying today I ate a sandwich and you and you and I said uh, new type of food. Today I ate a pear. I love pears. Pears are, you know, and then I would just Let's keep do going. It. Oh my God, this is going to be awesome. Okay. It's going to be very confusing, but it's going to be awesome. Let's exactly. Do it. It's exactly. And it's play. We're, we're, we're on our right hemisphere. We're having fun. Let's do it. Okay. So, all right. Tell me about the work that you do. So I'm an executive coach and I work in the world of epigenetics and new choice. 
and nope. some really bizarre science that <laughs> um, that has lots of books written about it. Daniel Siegel is the neurobiology person, and he new author, new author. Uh, uh, the woman who wrote the the danger of a single story. I can't remember her name. Uh, she has a TED talk. She's awesome. Um, anyway, TED talks. I want to have a TED talk one day. <laughs> <laughs> new type of speech, new type of talk, new type of talk. Um, I want to, oh my God, I want to present my entire understanding humans at work singing. I want to sing the whole thing. <gasps> new, new type of way to present it. Um, I want to do understanding humans with charades. No one will understand anything. <laughs> okay you nailed it new choice raj kumari that was a little short little short blip into uh our play circuit okay that right hemisphere was lit up um i Loved that. And I, I truly just am amazed at the way you inject humor into the work that you do. It's, it's fascinating. You're such a, I, from what I've seen and googled, uh, you're a fantastic facilitator. And it's, as you said, you've got the testimonials to prove it. And I want to ask you this last question. So we say that at Improve It, you're it. The it can mean so many different things to so many people, but it's really your it is that thing that you feel like you're put here to do. So what would you say is your it? I'm the key maker. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get some keys that you can just pass out at like your next, when, when in-person events become a, a real thing again, you need to be giving out keys. We need some, we need key with chains, all the things. Do we have keys yet, Rajkumari? Do we have keys? I love it. I love it. I need to play that clip in the matrix with the key maker, you know, yeah. the <laughs> I mean, we're really there. coming up with some ideas here today. So, okay. Amazing. Well, tell our audience, too, how can they find you if they want to learn more about you and your fascinating work? Tell them where they can find you. Absolutely. So, of course, you can go to rajkumariniyogi.com. That's my executive coaching website. Um, I am building a new website. It's called ibelong.com. There's just a landing page uh, currently available. It will eventually house um, all of the content in a self-paced format. To learn more about the biology of belonging or anything else that I've mentioned, including understanding humans at work, go on over to ibelong.com and sign up for our next newsletter, which has not even started yet. So I don't know when we're going to launch the company, but uh, whenever we do, you'll be the first to know. Yes. All right. We're going to link up to all that in the show notes. And just thank you for being so fascinating and reminding us that play needs, our right hemisphere needs to be activated every day. That's where it is. Okay. And I am just honored, thrilled to to have you now as a colleague and a friend. I'm, I'm, this isn't ending here. You're, you're going to hear from me again. I want you to know that. So thank you for being a part of this show. Thanks for, for talking with our audience. We appreciate you, Raj Kamari. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Improve it, fam. I don't know about you, but my left and right hemisphere are just blown 
away by this conversation. So many interesting tips and scientific evidence that backs the research that we do here at Improve It using improv to train you to be your best self is activating that play circuit. So what I want you to take away from today's show is this. I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I allowing myself to engage in play? Am I allowing my team to feel like they can belong here? And am I allowing myself to really drop this hypothetical mask that I wore to work before and engage in play? Am I engaging in play every single day? That's what I want you to ask yourself and write that question down. Am I engaging in my play circuit today? Am I using my play circuit today? Make that a goal for the next week and see if that transforms the way that you show up at work, the way you show up for your team and the way you show up for yourself. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I love this. I love this show because we talk to the coolest people and Rajkumari is cool. Oh, thank you so much, Improve It fam, for showing up here week after week. Keep failing, keep improving because the world needs, needs that special it that only you can bring. See you next time. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Improve It. I am so happy you were along for the ride. If you enjoyed this show, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Now, if you're really feeling today's show and you've improved it even just a little bit, please take a screenshot and tag me at Keeping It Real Deal on Instagram and share it in your stories. I'll see you next week, but I I want to leave you with this thought. What did you improve today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I am rooting for you and the world needs that special it that only you can bring. See you next time.